Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales, scale the business? <laughs> yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. I have got Kim Rain joining me today. Hello, Kim. Hello, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to see where this conversation's going to take us, Kim, because I've got so many questions to ask you. Uh, but before we dive into all of that, uh, tell people a little bit about you. So um, I am a high performance coach specializing really in working with women with ADHD in business, helping them to excel in business. Um, we do health and mindset, confidence, all of the things that kind of really need to, to lift women up in business because the women that I work with with ADHD, that can sort of be the things that really fall by the wayside. So, yeah, that's what I do. Um, and when did the whole ADHD thing come onto your wavelength? So, um, so I've been coaching for 17 years in various forms and, um, officially I've been doing the ADHD coaching for the last year, unofficially for the last four years and unknowingly, I think for the last 17 years. Now I know about it. I'm like, ah, okay. Because I help women with burnout, with overwhelm, confidence, and all of those things I now realize are kind of like symptoms of that's that sort of thing but but it came to me first of all was when one of my clients who was like um global head of talent for a really big media company that you would all know um said to me Kim I think I've got ADHD and I was just like you know no you haven't you know and I went off and had a look and then when I was looking at it, I was like oh that's interesting and so I went to investigate more for her and that led to me realizing that my daughter had ADHD that I probably had ADHD and then another client got diagnosed and that gave me an even bigger insight because like I said I'd been working with her a long time so I went on that journey with her um and so for me I kind of for myself I self-diagnosed myself about four years ago um and officially diagnosed myself last year so that I could just really step up into this work a bit more powerfully and have that kind of validation for myself um and then of course I think the the whole thing of making my business officially around the ADHD thing came with you guys in LA and sitting um on a beach in LA and saying to you know the mastermind that we were in with Lisa um I, I knew I was doing all these things in my business but I didn't quite I, I felt there was something missing the kind of like thing that brought it all together and you all guys all sat there and you went it's ADHD, Kim, you know, you need to do the ADHD coaching. And at that point, I was still a little bit holding back myself on, you know, telling everyone that I had ADHD. And um, you were like, no, no, no. And I asked you the question, I asked the question to the group, like, who here thinks they might have ADHD? And there's about 30 of us in that circle. And um, I think about five, six, 
seven put their hands up and then there was a, another four or five that kind of like waved their hands a little bit in that well I think I might have or they weren't sure or they weren't were maybe like me not really quite ready to to tell people that and then I'd also been coaching some people within the group who I'd developed a bit of an agile by then and I was quite aware and when you coach people you get to kind of see behind the mask of what's going on so I was kind of aware that others may have ADHD tendencies a couple of them have gone on to get diagnosed actually but and it really hit me all of a sudden that sat in that circle was everything that's amazing about ADHD and I was just like wow like we are sat here on a beach in LA with some phenomenal business owners that are living amazing lives that are have businesses that are giving them this opportunity and are all really successful and I just suddenly thought you know I get constantly asked about, oh, I think I might have ADHD, but I'm not sure what to say to my boss. Or um, I think my child has ADHD, but I'm really worried about them getting the label. And this whole thing around this label. And um, it just, I just sat there in that circle. And you know what I was like when I came out of it, I felt sick. I felt sick to my stomach really, because I wasn't sure whether I was ready to, to kind of come out, so to speak. Um, and then it just occurred to me, you know, my granddaughter, ADHD is really highly hereditary. And so my daughter's got it. Um, and my granddaughter may well or may not have it. I don't know. But I don't want her growing up in a world where it's being afraid of the label. I want her growing up in a world where we celebrate all the amazing things that the ADHD has to offer. Um, and it was a real game changer for me. And I just came off that beach thinking, you know what, I'm absolutely lose the label and wear the badge I'm going to step right into this and by the time we'd left LA I'd signed up with ADCA to do all of the um the training around the ADHD so yeah that was quite a long answer but that's kind of how yeah. it came round to me I think it's sort of people find it suddenly knocking at their life a little bit and they're like oh oh and then suddenly it starts to filter in in all sorts of places so I mean I've got so many questions but I'm just gonna you know me, Kim, straight Get up. in there. Straight to the point. <laughs> Just because I feel like this will be on some people's minds who are asking. I, th I find that there's two camps when you come to ADHD. People who are like, oh my God, I've got ADHD. And the other people who are like, what's going on? Why has yeah. everyone all of a sudden been diagnosed with ADHD? There's so many entrepreneurs been diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. Uh, when I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, all the comedians were talking about ADHD. <laughs> yeah. And you know it does feel like it's very on um, like trend almost fashionable yeah. yeah what what's happened what's your take on that so I think a couple of things have happened I think one thing I will say is I think that we and it's not that we're all a little bit ADHD but I think we all nowadays have ADHD tendencies and symptoms just because of our lifestyle and the way we live our life life has sped up so much um that I think that it's exacerbated ADHD for those of us that have it but as also for those of us that don't has you know it's hard to concentrate it's hard to focus it's easy to get distracted um but there's a few things that have happened ADHD has been around since the 1900s but it wasn't officially diagnosed in women or girls until in this country until two, 2000 so I think that there's also been huge advances in neuroscience in the last few years. So we know more about ADHD 
and what it is in terms of the more emotional and hidden side of it. So I think a lot of people who, you know, maybe like me, when I did, when I wrote the book and I said to my mum, can you um, get any of my school reports? And she phoned me up and she went, oh my God, you're going to, you wait till you see these. And there was ADHD. I mean, it was just so blatantly obvious all over it. Mm. But it, looking back, it's easy to see that. So I think that what's happened is, you know, the, the science has changed, the awareness has changed. And so actually, it's not that people have suddenly got ADHD. We've always had ADHD. It's just that we know more what it is. And, you know, I can remember many times in my life, and I know this from clients and people that I work with, this feeling of what's wrong with me? What, what's going on? Because, you, you know, I knew something wasn't quite right, but I didn't know what it was because, you know, an ADHD that is is a name for it, you know? And I think that, the other thing that's changed very quickly is that there's three types of ADHD. So you've got um, predominantly hyperactive ADHD, which is the more stereotypical type of ADHD, more common in boys and men. Um, and then you've got inattentive ADHD, which was formerly known, known as ADD. So um, with uh, supposedly without the hyperactivity. However, what it's now called is um, ADHD. ADHD inattentive type and the H is in there because the hyperactivity is more cognitive it's more um, racing thoughts and it's more of an internal feeling so it's like this feeling of maybe not quite feeling comfortable in your body always wanting to be on the go always wanting to be moving forward even if if you're inattentive you might not be the fully physical hyperactive type you might be the more cognitive hyperactive type so what happens with this is it tends to get masked more because um, it can present as anxiety, it can present as overwhelm, and it can present as this whole sort of thing of not having your crap together, basically. And so what happens is, and this is more common in women, not solely, but more common in women, and so it tends to get masked. And quite often at school, you know, these were the girls, and like I say, and some boys, but mostly girls who were the daydreamers, who were maybe more quieter, they actually are often very high achievers, because they push themselves and push themselves, because if you're like me, and then there's combined type, which is a mixture of the two, which is more commonly what people are diagnosed nowadays. But if you were like me, in that I was just seen to be a pain in the butt at school, uh, distracted, you know, easily distractive, disruptive, etc. But the whole conversation around me, me was, you just need to try harder. You just need to try harder. So we are always kind of, you think that it's a level playing field. You think that everybody's just like you. And that the reason that you are maybe, and when it comes to business, you know, going around in circles, not moving forward is that there's a fundamental flaw in your abilities, not that there is structurally and physiologically a difference in your brain that makes those things more difficult to do so what we do as women is mask those symptoms and they're far more internal so I think that to go back to your question I think that's what's happening now is that awareness is more like oh, okay and when you add those symptoms up people can see wow that's me whereas you know you wouldn't have necessarily known that before and it was so easy to fly under the radar because it wasn't that much of a problem for the teachers at school because we were the quiet ones, mm. often high achieving, 
or not you know it's just, it's the it's the spectrum but i think that and obviously you've got the tiktoks and the instagram and the and the media there's just more awareness of it so i think that a lot of women are and men are suddenly seeing themselves in these descriptions and going oh my word that's me eureka and it's just a moment of like oh my gosh and it's it's a relief i think for most people I think it's something that I massively resonate with because I think growing up, I was always told I was too sensitive. I needed to toughen up. I needed to be more like this. And I remember like being like, come on, Charlie, you just need to be more like, you know, whoever. Everyone else. Yeah. yeah and it's crazy. And I, I've even probably, to be honest, carried that into my adult life as well um and it's only since running this business where I've been completely on my own where I've gone actually I'm a bit messy I'm a bit unorganized disorganized whatever the word is um you know this is what I'm like but also I get shit done I move forward at the speed of lightning I just you know and and that's what I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing they don't um they don't sort of own what they're really good at and just play to those strengths. Yeah. And I think that that was me probably 10 years ago because of all of that stuff that I was carrying of not being good enough and trying to fit myself into yeah. a, a description that I wasn't. No. And there's this real um, yin and yang with ADHD. So exactly that. So, you know, like you say, and I'm the same, I, I can be really disorganized disorganized you've got me at it now unorganized whatever it is (laughs) Uh, my timekeeping can be all over the show sometimes I can procrastinate for days and then all of a sudden I can get the amount of work it takes some people months to do done in a couple of hours and when I'm focused I can you know the, the thing with ADHD is you need to be interested as well so if you're interested in what you're doing that fires up our brain that's literally like juice juice and fuel for our brains and so off we go and when we're not interested so maybe when we're doing the things in our business that aren't quite as exciting and engaging admin accounting whatever it is other people that would be the thing they love um it's harder to get going and then you know like you say if if as a child which is such a we're like sponges at that age and you're, you know, you think, okay, so I just need to be like this person and that person. And we're looking around at our peers, trying to copy them, mirror them. And then we're masking all these feelings that come, that becomes in the DNA of who we are and how we see the world and the stories we tell ourselves and, and, you know, the beliefs that we have. And so of course this comes into business and into, into our careers. And then I think if you can if you, you know, realize you have ADHD or that you're different, you can start to unpick that and go, ah, right. And, and be more comfortable as yourself. And like you say, you know, working on your own, you can start to to do things your way. And that's the magic source, really. How did you feel when you got the um, official ADHD diagnosis? Um, When I got the official diagnosis, I felt... At first, I didn't really feel anything because I knew I had it anyway. So it wasn't really a surprise. So a lot of um, people go into a real grief cycle um, where they feel angry. You know, you grieve for everything that could have been, everything that suddenly makes sense. Suddenly you look back 
And like, I remember my husband going to me, oh, for goodness sake, I, I said something. And I went, oh my God, that was my ADHD. And he's like, Kim, everything's not ADHD. And I was like, but to me now, looking back on my life, everything is ADHD because I can see these things. So for me, the grief cycle, for me, actually, the grief came about my daughter getting diagnosed because everything that could have been there, you know, she was 21 when she was diagnosed. Um, but then when the psychiatrist report came through, I did feel really sad as it was you know laid out in front of me at all those all the times that life was just really hard work I mean life is hard work with ADHD at times and um so I definitely felt that and then I definitely felt the stigma and I wasn't expecting to feel that because I've been working with um women predominantly and seeing the amazing changes that getting a diagnosis brought them but actually I was just like because I actually felt like everyone would go oh well yeah obviously because she's always been a bit of a mess and you know it would just bring those people to go oh yeah of course like that's why she's all over the show and just where it should be and is for most people validation for them as to how okay this is why I'm like I am I thought it would also be validation for other people it's like oh well, no wonder she's she's a mess um and like I say that was changing it that changed that in LA because I just thought gosh I know where I'd rather be sitting right now <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny because um, obviously my little boy has been recently diagnosed with ADHD and I felt really emotional about that, even though I knew. And yeah, in a way, having this conversation now, I think he has struggled to fit in at school from an early age. But in a way, maybe that's better because he's not masking it and he is getting that early diagnosis where yeah. for you, you know, you yeah. were able to get through the whole of your life without it causing you any major issues. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was same. lucky. Yeah. I was really lucky because I had great mum and dad who just accepted me the way yeah. that I was. And, um, and so I was lucky because if I know a lot of people who's, parents you know are real have really high expectations for them and so you know in with ADHD when you have you grow up and you have something called which we should talk about because this is massive in sales this is huge is the rejection you know the rejection sensitivity dysphoria so we'll come back to that in a minute for sales but when you're growing up so I heard it described the other day that ADHD is born with really like bru almost like bruised brains we're super super sensitive and so then you add in all those other layers of the not fitting into it. So we become massive people pleasers, you know, because we want to fit in and we want to be liked and we just want to be normal. So we try and do everything to please as many people as we can. And all of those things, I don't know, don't think boys do that so much. I think boys are just boys. I think it's easier for them because, and you know, you've read the book, it, it, we've got different brain chemistry and all hormones and everything. Um, but I also think that nowadays, you know, at school, you're told to there's certain criteria that you have to be able to do, you know, get get yourself organized, do your homework, sit quietly in a class, all of those things. And when you can't do them, you're told to just try harder to do them. And actually what what it doesn't happen is the, the strengths and amazing gifts that ADHD comes with the creativity, you know, they're really innovative, um, the tenacity, the thinking outside the box, 
is squashed down and down and down and down. And those really are mostly where our strengths lie in the fact that we're in our uniqueness, but they're pushed down and pushed down and you're just like, try harder, try harder. And so actually, you know, my hope for your son and for all the ADHDs and the youngsters now is that actually it's like, okay, well, you can't, you're not going to be great at this. This is probably something you're always going to struggle with. So let's see how we can give you the best to do it to the best of your ability. But look how amazing you are at this. Look what you can do here. And this is where we need to focus. And this is what we need to cultivate in you because that's what's going to make you, you know, that's what's going to give you passion and purpose in your life. And, and then it's a completely different set of, conversations and words going around in your head because you're like yeah it's, it's amazing but if you're constantly you know the book's called the book I wrote is called square pegs and it really is about if you are that square peg constantly trying to shove yourself in that round hole it's exhausting and, and you're not really going to feel like you're your, your best self and you know I think when we the main thing is we have the strengths and we have to play for play to those strengths and I know that you as a mum, in fact, look, look, I know for a fact you as a mum, you do that. You do that with your son all the time and have been since I've known you. I as a mum had a daughter who I knew none of that. And to me, she, she was struggling to fit in. She struggled with homework. I remember her telling me she wanted to do dance GCSE. I was like, no, no, you need to do business. You need to do Spanish in it. And I was the mum trying to shove her in that round hole because I wanted her to fit in. I wanted her life to be easier. And the reality is, had I known, I'd have been like, yeah, go do dance because that's what fires you up. And, you know, maybe you'll be in the Royal Ballet or something. <laughs> I feel like, um, and, and this is what I do in business, is like everyone does one thing and I'm like, I'm not quite going to do it that way. Yes. I'm just going to do it a little bit differently. And really, you know, this is what I encourage people in the Entrepreneurs Growth Club to do. I'm like, don't do what everyone's doing, do something else. But again, yeah. at school, and even if that is your child, who's like, um, he was saying, everybody in the class wants a Nintendo DS, but I don't. I want like the Encanto Dreamhouse. And I was like, there's always a part of you that's like oh why don't you want a ds yeah why can't even you though, be like everyone else yeah even though like what you know because though we are like the whole the whole of humanity works on hierarchies and and communities and groups and fitting in because it's kind of a survival technique so when we don't fit in or if we see our children not fitting in or it's just like well if you fit in life's easier supposedly but the reality is and to be honest ADHD or not none of us fit in because you know we are all neurodiverse because you know our diversity comes from our environment our upbringing our experiences our you know friends and it comes from so many places but we spend our whole lives trying to fit in with everyone else and I think like you say in business someone does something we all try and do it I mean, that's one of the biggest mistakes I see entrepreneurs making in business, and that is trying to follow a particular system or crowd or train of thought that doesn't quite fit with them. And I think there's loads to be said for, you know, like you need coaches and people to inspire you in the programs, but look at it and say, how does this work with me? 
mm-hmm. rather than how can I make myself fit this fit for me I always imagine like having a giant sieve I'm holding my hands up now like a giant sieve no one can see that apart from Kim um, <laughs> but like yeah you've got a giant sieve and like I listen to all the books and the podcasts and the training and the seminars and then you sieve out and say oh that's interesting or oh that's um yeah. I do that in a slightly different way or oh my gosh no I would not yeah. do that. I don't recommend it because that's how you you your opinions form and that's how you can move your business forward in the best way possible exactly and stand out you know that's what people want they want difference and that's what we're really good at absolutely and so going back to this piece on rejection because I think that's huge yes um it's something that I talk to people about all of the time and it's actually something that I addressed head on um probably about 10 years ago because I used to cold call schools when I ran a theater school and every day I would wake up and I would feel so sick so sick and I would put Mm -hmm. it off and I'd put it off I'd beat myself up and I just did not want to cold call these schools it didn't sit well with me and one day I just decided to flip it on its head and I was like right soon as I wake up not soon as I wake up soon as I get started at at work I'm gonna make 10 phone calls I'm gonna go for 10 no's and I had a little chart of paper and I would cross off every time I got a no yes one no brilliant pick up the phone another no great but yeah no oh you're interested you actually want to book it oh my okay wow this is different but that whole mindset shift in the fact that I was actually going for the no's because that's what you're probably going to get that was a game changer for me. And within like a couple of weeks, I wasn't worried about picking up the phone anymore. But it's such a tricky thing for entrepreneurs, um, that rejection. Yeah. And I think that so from a from so there's this term rejection sensitivity dysphoria, which was coined by a doctor whose name escapes me at the moment about ADHD. So that they have this specific, like I say, they're born super sensitive. We're very sensitive to emotional physical you know like tactile all sorts of sensitivities that we have um so our brains are already a little bit more fragile if you like and then we go through all the years we've just talked about with quite a lot of you know it's been shown that ADHDers get um it's 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 a sad number it's like hundreds and thousands of um knockdowns or knockbacks in one way or another like negative connotations every year so constantly you're dealing with that so then what happens is often we have this rsd is a fear of of rejection or criticism and it's either that we perceive that someone is rejecting or criticizing us and we take it to heart and we can really because we hyper focus you see so we can hyper focus on what somebody said or that rejection or we we um oh gosh we think that someone's going to reject us so therefore we don't pick up the phone because the 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 thought of that rejection is so great it stops us in our tracks and so we hide and we hide ourselves away um and it's huge and I like I'm the same I know particularly when it comes to sales that it's not nice. It's not nice if if you if you put something out and it doesn't take off straight away. Or, but actually, and and you taught me this, Charlie, was that, you know, I remember putting something out and 
I think two people bought and I was like, oh my God. And we see people do these launches and, you know, in a couple of hours, they've got all these people on the program. They've made hundreds of thousands of pounds and they're having these amazing successful launches. So there's that whole comparisonitis bit where you're looking around thinking, okay, you know, this isn't working because nobody's bought in the first 20 minutes of it going live. So we're comparing ourselves with others. And then it starts to play on, or, you know, now people are seeing me put myself out there and being rejected and that's not very nice. And all of these things come into play. And actually there's ultimately you've got to get over that because what I realized last time I, you know, what you got, got me to realize this particular time I sold two of something. I was like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to, and you were like, get your butt out there. By the end of the week, I'd had 20 people, 19 people, and those people have I've been so I'm I'm thrilled to serve them. And I'm I was so passionate about what they needed. And they just hadn't seen it in the right way. And they just hadn't done it. And so it's it's really hard, but we have to kind of get over ourselves. And and I think that I love that. Get the nose. And the other thing is, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? What's the worst thing that's going to happen here? And who am I? to not put myself out there, to not put what I've got to offer the world out there. But it is, it's huge. It's huge for, for particularly for ADHDs, but I think it's big for everyone. No one, who likes being rejected or criticised? Yeah, <laughs> no one, no one. Um, so if somebody is listening to this, I'm sure that there are people who are listening thinking, oh my gosh, this is me. I think I've got ADHD. What would you say that they need to do? Like I'm thinking on a daily basis, if you're an entrepreneur with ADHD, what can you do to help yourself and your mind? With all of these things. So I think there's loads and loads that you can do. The trouble with ADHD is we are not very consistent. So we get distracted. So you can focus on, on what you're gonna do. And then next thing you're, you've forgotten about it. But I think that I'm, self-care is the first thing because what happens is if we're not looking after ourselves so if we're pushing ourselves all the time to do more and more and more and burnout is massive in ADHD that's how I became an ADHD coach without having to really go on a big thing of changing too much of what I was saying is because most of the people that I was already serving were coming to me because they were building businesses and careers and burning out so looking after ourselves is key because when that happens, everything falls apart. And the brain, the problem we have is executive functioning. And that is all, it's in several parts of the brain, but mostly it's in the prefrontal cortex. And that's the part that's like the human part that can help us organize and that keeps our um, ADHD symptoms under control, if you like. What happens when we're not looking after ourselves, where we're, when we're not sleeping, we're staying up late because we're getting this, that, and the other done. We're not um, moving our bodies, etc. Is the amygdala, the fear center of the brain, takes over and the prefrontal cortex shuts down. So the first thing needs to be is to have some kind of um, time for you to look after yourself, and that's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, particularly, aren't great at. Mm. Because and and my thing was always body before business. You know, can you do something to honor your body? before you get to your business that day, you know, or in any way. So that's the first thing. And, and it's sort of like, 
I know when I say that, people are like, yeah, but I just want, tell me the two things to do. But actually, there's lots you can do. But having, you know, looking after your health and well-being means that you are coming from a foundation where you can actually do the things you need to do. If you are burnt out, if you are tired, if you are um, not looking after yourself, then actually you can know the things you need to do, but actually implementing them can be really, really difficult because your symptoms, your ADHD symptoms, you're, you're struggling to focus, you're getting distracted, you're, you're being impulsive. So, you know, maybe you're writing an email, but then uh, a ping comes in and you've suddenly got a WhatsApp. So you go and do that. And then you think, oh my God, but there's no food in the house. I need to do the Sainsbury's order. So you start doing that. And then you think, oh, I meant to do that sales page. I just need to finish that. So you start doing that. Um, and within like an hour and a half, you've sat in front of your computer done absolutely nothing and you, all you've got is half written stuff all over the show and so, you end up even more overwhelmed because you've got all of these things that you need to do and yet nothing is done exactly so and one of the things with um adhd is everything comes in as equally important so we see we're we're super sensitive to what's going on without around us so um adhd is not a deficit of attention it's too much attention so this is one of the reasons we get so easily distracted. So we have all this attention and awareness and everything comes flying in equally as important. So one of the things that I do myself, and, and it's so simple, but it works really, is every Saturday, Sunday night or at some point at the weekend, I sit down and I do my VITs for the week. And the VITs are very important things. And I usually pick three very important things to achieve that week and they're relatively big things like they're, they're the important things I need to do and then each day each morning I will sit down I will start my day with a cup of tea and a notebook one notebook by the way everybody one notebook <laughs> not hundreds of different planners for this that and the other you know and I would pick okay to, in order to get those three things done this week what are the three most important things I need to do today? And that's almost like setting your sat nav. It's like putting the coordinates in your sat nav as to this is what I, where I'm going today and have them written down beside you so that when things get busy and you will find yourself suddenly like we think, oh, I went on Instagram to get that link of that person or to contact that person, but I've spent the last 20 minutes watching Charlie's stories or whatever. And then you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Look down. Those are your three things. So back onto that. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is asking yourself, because to-do lists can be a really um, big procrastination hole. A big to-do list has been shown to actually cause more procrastination than a small to-do list. So what we tend to do is we will do the things we find interesting because we want that dopamine hit. And sometimes the things you find interesting are not the things that are actually going to help you in your business. So let's say, you know, you need you, you need your sales in your business, but you struggle with rejection. It do, it's the thing that you put off and put off and put off. And you've got this to do list. You are going to go for the things on your to do list that make you feel good first. You are going to go for those first, but they're not the things that are going to take your business forward. So really think about what are the things I need to be doing to take my business forward and then ask yourself, are these things, am I doing these things because they're important or am I doing them because they're interesting? And do I think they're important because really I'm finding them interesting? So it's 
that prioritizing those questions is this is this just interesting or is it important because we can go off on tangents and then on a practical level it is turn all the notifications off on your screens get your phone out of the room you know actually if you can't do exercise put some music on dance around really fire up the um the dopamine in your brain by doing something you really love you know, and maybe whatever it is, if it's active, it's great because 20 minutes exercise of, of increased activity is two to three hours of concentration. So that's going to help you focus more and then head down and work in short periods. Have a timer, you know, have a timer beside you because we are really good with deadlines. You know, we're such deadline dancers like you leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. I remember I've spoken to you before about this with you know, oh, I've got to do all of this, but I know that I'll do it all in the last minute. And if you know that's how you work, rather than spending the entire week beating yourself up because you've not got the presentation that needs to go out Friday ready and sorted, factor it in for Thursday. Know what you're going to think about it throughout the week, but do it there. Because what happens is as that deadline looms, cortisol gets um, produced in our bodies and we get that sort of stressed feeling of urgency. And that provides the chemicals our brain needs to go, oh, my gosh, go, go, go. And we can do it all. Obviously, the more time you can leave yourself, the better. But I know a lot of people beat themselves up because why aren't I more organized? Well, you kind of work better that way. So know how you work and give yourself the space to do that without berating yourself because the more you do that the more you're going to shut down your prefrontal cortex the more your amygdala is going to come up and the less you're going to be able to move yourself forward and do the things you need to do I don't know what you were like with the book <laughs> but the book oh deadline, the book deadlines are hilarious because they would message me like towards the end of the day of like the book deadline mm. and I'd be like oh I'm still doing this. Do I not have till midnight? Like if the deadline is yes. today, then I presume it is midnight. So yeah. it'll be sent before midnight. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Absolutely. And and the thing is as well, I mean, and I, I was the same with the book, but I loved having that deadline. And now I know actually that a deadline galvanizes me and I need that deadline. And if there's no deadline, I will procrastinate and go round and round in circles. So actually you know, I create things where I know I've got a deadline. Um, deadlines in. And then I think about how I can move those deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's hard. We have so many ideas. We have so, so many ideas that we have to just be sure that we have some kind of strategy. And I think the VIT strategy, three things you want to achieve this week, three things each day you want to achieve. Um, and ideally, if you can, make those the first things you do in the day. Awesome. Kim, I end my podcasts always in the same way. Um, so are you ready? I'm ready. Who inspires you? Right. I've thought about this is going to sound so cheesy. It's going to sound so cheesy. I can't believe I'm going to say it. But you inspire me, actually, oh, no. Charlie. <laughs> I know. What a bum lick. <laughs> But you do. And I'm not just saying that, like I, I've been doing your um, the success and stuff. And I, you know, that the fact that you say the fact that you can keep going, that's what I need. Those are the people that I look to is people that I see doing amazing things 
and doing it with grace and integrity. So you inspire me. Um, who else inspires me? Loads of people inspire me. And I usually have an ego of, of people that I think, what would they do? Lisa Johnson inspires me, obviously. Um, and yeah, I'll come back to you. I'll, I'll probably have thought of that by the time we go round. <laughs> um, tell me about a book that you would recommend. Um, so I do. I recommend my book. You can recommend your own book. I would <laughs> recommend your book. I read it on the way to Dubai and I loved it. Um, oh, thank you. But I think one one book for me is called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And it's just actually for an ADHD brain, that is the thing is like, if you just focus on the one thing, then you will move forward. It's when we focus on everything that we go around in circles. So definitely the one thing by, it is Gary Keller. Gary think, Keller, yeah. If you yeah. haven't read that, I just think everyone needs to read that book. Yeah, brilliant. yeah. Yeah. The other the other book that lots of people recommend is called um, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. But and I thought I've got to read it. But that I don't know if I ever really got that. But uh, but there were parts of that that I took as well about leveling up. But I yeah, do like The, one the Big thing. Leap as well. But yeah, The One Thing. Yeah. Um, and finally, what piece of advice would you give to a fellow entrepreneur? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane and just keep the more time you're looking around, the more time you're wasting. So, you know, have your plan and be true to yourself and focus on what you're doing because like we struggle with distraction and one of the biggest distractions I think ADHDs have is looking around and comparing themselves to everybody else. And every time you do that, you know, you look around, it's, you never look around. It's always someone that's got more than this and more of you and I should be doing this or, and they've put that out and it just it just chips away at everything you need to, to get your butt in gear and get things going. So it's definitely just stay in your lane. Kim, you are so amazing. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you and your brilliant ADHD advice. <laughs> so I'm on Instagram as um, the ADHD Entrepreneurs Coach or ADHD Entrepreneurs Coach. Um, Kim Rain on Facebook. You can come and join me actually in the ADHD Brains in Business group on Facebook. That's kind of like um, my little hub, my community. Um, and yeah, on the socials at Kim Rain and KimRain.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Kim. And thank um, you, I'll my darling. Links below. Thank you. Thank you.